The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, Episode 85. Airbnb currently has over 800,000 listings in 190 countries worldwide, including 600 castles. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that'll teach you how to travel more while spending less. And especially today, because today's episode is all about how to save money on accommodations. I'm your host, Travis Sher, and joining me today is the man from Norway, Jason Moore, complete with flannel and big winter hat. How cold is it there in your cabin in Norway, my friend? Trav, we were doing a little hiking up into the mountains today, and it was snowing, and it's October, so it's cold, it's man. But I like it. I'm over there. in. It's like, you know, that cozy feeling when you got a nice wood cabin and a little fireplace in the corner, some big cozy blankets, and you're just, you know, kind of hunkered in. It's great for getting podcasts done and, and just cranking out work and checking out the views, man. I'm loving it. Yeah, and I don't want to throw our whole list of accommodations off here because we have 21 written out. And so we're going to stay with 21. But you're in a cabin in the woods in Norway. How'd you score that? Does that fall into any of the things we're talking about? Or is this just your own luck? You know what? Yeah, this could be a bonus category we didn't even include as we were working through this list. I didn't even mention this. This is the family friend strategy. (laughs) Ah, the family friend strategy. Yeah, my wife is uh, from a, a more rural area in Norway, about four hours north of Oslo. It's on the eastern side of the country. It's just a beautiful place, very uh, just wilderness and, and mountains, and it's, it gets cold up here pretty early. I'm, I've had my fingers crossed and hoping to see the northern lights this year. But yeah, she has a family friend uh, right across the street from her mother's house who has a cabin, and a lot of people have second homes here, so they're just letting us use it. We're going to offer them some money because we don't want to be freeloaders. We'll see if they take it or not. I'm secretly hoping maybe that they won't, but... Today's episode is all about saving money, one of my favorite topics. <laughs> yeah, gotta love the bonus. Even before we start, the family, fr- we could call it family and friends taking in poor, pathetic souls like ourselves, <laughs> right? I that's mean, that's, there, there's a strategy. Actually, you don't have to use any of the other ones we mentioned. Just go with that. Use that as your first, first line of defense, right? Try that first and... um And if it works, then don't even bother listening to the rest of this episode, guys. Yeah, we're going to give you the 21 ways to save money on accommodations. We're going to talk about some theories, like not theories, but like tactics behind it, I guess, that can work kind of across the board. We're going to give you some specific resources and websites we use. And we're also going to touch on specific strategies then for hotels as well. So we're kind of running the gamut, a bunch of different things here. It's not all just like, go to this site and do this. But some of it's like, hey, here's something you can use no matter where you're going to stay. Trav, I love timeless strategies. And some of these things we're going to talk about, actually, a lot of them are things that I've used over the last 
dare I say, and I date myself, almost 20 years of traveling and being nomadic and roaming around. And I'm looking at this list and a lot of the, some of this stuff's newer. And and you'll see as you listen to this, that some of these things are obviously pretty new, but I guess speaking strategically, there's strategy and there's tactics. And a lot of this stuff has been working for years. So it's really good stuff here. We're excited to bring it to you. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot that you guys use as well that we probably don't touch on here. And we'd love to hear that because that is really, that's where the gold comes in. I mean, we've, we have two people's experience of a lot of travel, but everyone, you know, if you take the experience of everyone out there listening and their travel experience, it just dwarves anything we can talk about. So if you, if you do want to tell us the ways that you've been able to find, you know, to save money on accommodations, you can head to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash 21 ways. So two, one, W-A-Y-S. Really easy to remember. Let us know because there's a lot of cool stuff out there. Again, we just thought of one here as we hit record. (laughs) So yeah, give us your strategies. Give us your tips, guys. We want to hear from you. Thanks, of course, as always, for all the support, making us the number one travel podcast on iTunes. You know, we're doing five a week still. The gluttony has continued, Jason, into October. You know, we might run all the way right up into Thanksgiving when there actually is real gluttony. <laughs> I'm telling you what, that's the ultimate gluttony. But no, this is this has been great. It's uh it's inspiring. I just I love as I said, I'm gonna keep it rolling no matter what. I hope you're listening out there. We're from Philly. We like to run our mouths, so we're going to keep these coming at you. And let us know what you want to hear. We say that every time some of you have been starting to email us, they're slowly coming in. Let's get that to be a rush of emails coming in so that we don't have to rack our brains for topics. You know, Trav at extrapackofpeanuts.com. Also, show us your tweets at Pack of Peanuts. So there you go. How risque, Trent. How risque. Do I have to put the explicit little lyric here on iTunes now? Explicit, because I said, show us your tweets at Pack of Peanuts, guys. Let us know what you want us to talk about. We could talk about anything. So give us some topics. Let's dive right into today's show's topic, though. And that is the 21 ways to save money on accommodations. Number one is going to be negotiating a better deal. Negotiating a better deal. This may sound obvious. People are like listening. Oh, yeah. Duh. Negotiating a better deal. But there are so many times that you just look at the price, especially for like a higher end hotel or something like that. You just kind of assume, well, this is the way it is. And there's no way that this can change. And it can't possibly be any cheaper. Or there can't be some super secret discount in there. But what I've found in all my experience, Trav, and you can tell me how you feel about this, but there is always some kind of way they can do some finagling to get you a better price. And if you push and push and push, and oftentimes it's just standing there forever until I get what I want works. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's another great timeless strategy. <laughs> but it seems that if you negotiate in a, in a friendly way, in a, in a calm way, and in a, I guess, a non-aggressive way, but just having a conversation, I've almost always gotten at least something off. And the times I can't, it's just not happening. And that might be when there's a big event going on or something like that. I want to hear a little bit about your experience negotiating. I just think negotiating, yes, there's no reason not to do it. You do it in other ways of traveling. You know, you do it at the market, you do it for stuff, you know, whenever you're at local places, India, China, wherever you are, you're always negotiating prices. You can definitely 100% negotiate better deals. 
especially at some of the places we're going to talk about, and this is going to kind of come up again and again, so I don't want to hit on it too long with some of the other numbers, but especially if you're not at huge corporate places, you can all, you know, if it's a locally run place, well, they make the decisions, things like that. So there is no reason not to negotiate a better deal. We're going to kind of come back to this. So that's why I wanted to lead with it. Just get that in your head that you can negotiate deals. Jason is a master negotiator. You don't have to be, you know, it's, is it worth it to you? You know, you have to decide that. But I, most of the times I found if you do it in a friendly way, it's definitely worth it. So just have the idea, number one, of negotiating a better deal in your head. And that's going to permeate some of the other things, especially number two and number three, which are coming up. So Jace, what do we have as number two? Well, before I move on, I want to say in a previous episode, we did a, a list of, was it, it was like, 10 of the best things we've seen in the world or something. You had Michelangelo's David on there. Yes. And what Michelangelo had said that when he saw the marble stone was that the David was in there and he just had to chisel the stone away to get to the David. Well, that's what you have to do to get to a better rate. The better rate is in there. The better price, the lower price, you just need to find a way to kind of dig it out (laughs) and get it there. Do you have a story where you just got some rate and you were blown away. You're like, I can't believe I just finagled that. I do. It's going to probably come up at another point though. So I'll hold on to it. Okay. I'll, I'll mention right. it when, when another thing comes up. It's not, it's not negotiating in its truest sense. It's actually a failed negotiation that worked out. Okay. So we'll, we'll okay. touch on that. We'll hold on that. All right. Let's go into number two, which is traveling off season. Traveling off season, meaning the non- touristed times, I guess, or the less crowded times. You want to speak a little bit to that? Yeah, definitely the less crowd, you know, don't, if you're in Europe in the summer, you're going to have a hard time negotiating because stuff's going to be not only negotiating, stuff's going to be full and it's going to be full at higher end prices. So if you travel in the off season, this kind of can be a general travel tip, but especially for accommodations, you know, people want their places to be full. If no one's in that room, you know, it's costing them money to have it cleaned and and the energy that it takes to have the room and all that kind of stuff. So if you're in the off season and there's vacancy in a place, it's very easy to negotiate. And their prices, even if you're not going to negotiate, their prices are are always lower in the off season than they are during the peak season. You see this all the time in resort towns and stuff like that, but it's true even for cities where people come throughout the year, like Paris and London. It's going to be cheaper when a lot of people aren't there. So travel in the off season, pretty self-explanatory, but definitely helps with the negotiating thing as well. Yeah, you have a lot more leverage. And if you're inquiring at multiple places, I find that really helps because then you're not sort of tied to one to one spot. You don't have your heart set on one spot. And it also gives you a little more flexibility, even just mentally. You could be like, okay, if this doesn't work out, I've got this, this, and this iron in the fire. So one of these, you know, if you're if you're lowballing everybody in town, eventually somebody's going to come back and give you a better rate. Definitely. So traveling in the off season, again, pretty self-explanatory, but something that should be mentioned. Number three builds on the first two as well. That is longer stays. Staying in a place longer will obviously always be cheaper because it gives you some leverage again with negotiation. And this is where I said I had a... uh, Actually, I had a good negotiation happen. A longer stay. We decided we want to stay in Croatia for three weeks in split Croatia. It was a great decision. 
But we were emailing a bunch of people on Airbnb and we were saying, all right, your nightly rate is 70 or $80, but we're going to be there for three weeks. You won't have to worry about us. You won't have to come in and change the sheets. You won't have to worry about you know days where people aren't in there and, and things like that. Basically, we're going to be trouble-free tenants, which we were. And it, she actually became a friend of ours. She's a, a great lady. We've written about her. We'll link that in the show notes. But an awesome apartment in Croatia. But we were able to negotiate down to $500 for three weeks. So in essence, what would have normally been a one-week rate, we negotiated down for three weeks because we we're staying there longer. And she wasn't probably going to have other people in. We could see her calendar. So it, usually longer stays, even in hotels, especially in Airbnbs, hostels, places that are smaller run or locally run you can really negotiate down some great prices because they just want someone in there. It Your negotiating power goes way up when you're staying longer in one spot. And I've even called the hotel managers, Trav. I mean, I you don't even assume even at a higher end hotel or a nicer hotel, whatever's online, you know, they even give you a weekly discount rate online. You can call them up and say, hey, I'd like to speak to the sales manager at the hotel, have a conversation with them pitch your lower rate or see what they can do. And almost always they'll come back with something. And it makes sense. It may, if you think about it, it makes sense for them because they, as you said, they've had someone in, they know someone's going to be in there. They also know that, you know, they don't have to deal with the hassle of it and, and things like that. So yeah, if you're staying longer, I, we should mention too, that in travel as general, this is again, a kind of a general travel tip. The longer you stay somewhere, the more money you're going to save because you're not spending money to get transportation all over the place. You find the best places to eat, the cheapest places, things like that. So longer stays in general, great travel tip, but especially saves money on accommodations because you have a lot of leverage. For sure. Let's move into number four, which is booking online versus booking at the front desk. Trav, you got a great story about this. Lay it on us. This was the negotiation that went bad, but still worked. And we threw this in because you're not always going to get the best price online and you're not always going to get the best price at the front desk. It used to be, oh, go to the front desk, talk to them. You can probably get a better price. Now I found that I can usually get better prices online, which is strange. I was in Portugal. We, The place we were supposed to stay, if you listen to our Destination Diaries episode on Portugal, which will be coming out, we got to Lagos, Portugal, and the place we were supposed to stay was literally just no one was there. It was dark. All lights were off. It was, I guess, closed for the season. So it was raining. We had nowhere to go. We went to this other place right nearby, and I asked the lady, hey, I found this place online for 30 bucks. What's the best you can do? And she said, 45. I was like, okay, but I saw it online for 30 bucks. I'm showing her on my on my phone. And she was like, yep, best price is 45. I'm like, okay, well, it says 30 right here. She's like, okay, well, you can book it online for 30. But I couldn't book it on my phone for some reason. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> it wasn't working. So there was a kiosk literally right next to your desk. I was sitting next to her with internet and I had to get a euro from her, get change, get the euro, put it in the machine to activate the internet, go on to you know whatever it was, booking.com or hotels.com and book the $30 rate. And then it went through on her system and she printed it out. And that was that. So she, Boy, she was, she was really stubborn, wasn't she? She was. And there was literally no one at the hotel. I <laughs> honestly believe we were the one, the two people at the resort. We didn't see a single soul for the whole day and a half we were there because it was February in Lagos, Portugal. So yeah, just weigh your options, right? I mean, it's going to, it might be different, different places, but just f know what the rate is going in and see if you can get it cheaper at the front desk. And if you can't, then book it online. 
Exactly. It's good to have a little something in your back pocket that you know what they're charging online at the very least. And you can come in and see if they'll beat that. You can say something first. Actually, you can not say a price and just see what they say. Maybe they'll come in lower or if they come in higher, then you can mention the the online rate and see if they can do that or better. So it's good to have in your back pocket. Number five, have a story. Again, this is Chase loves these like uh, abstract quote unquote, (laughs) you know, quasi negotiating. Give us your have, have a story. What does that mean? I will tell you a story about this point, which is having a story. I used to work in event marketing. I still have a business that's, that's tied into the event marketing industry. And for, for months, I drove around Trav in the Meow Mix Mobile, which is a giant cat. If you ma- no, it's not like the Dumb and Dumber dog. It's a little classier than that. It's like it's a van that they basically put a fiberglass shell over to to make it look like a giant cat. Even has a tongue. You can push a button. The tongue moves back and forth. It's got whiskers in the front. It's got speakers in the ears. It it just purrs like a kitten down the road. Sorry, I had to. So I had you're to go a li- there. you're a little bit classier than Dumb and Dumber, than <laughs> just Lloyd little, and whatever just, Lloyd Christmas and whatever his name is. <laughs> just a little bit, but we were getting paid to drive this thing around and run these jingle contests all over the country. We were taking it down the Pacific Coast Highway in California and Oregon, and we wanted to stay at bed and breakfast because we had a budget from our company. And we're like, well, why not stay at bed and breakfast? Why are we going to go inland and stay at the Holiday Inn or something? No offense to the Holiday Inn, but we like the more, uh, something a little Local, more character. authentic. Yeah. 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 So we went to one bed and breakfast that just looked super nice and it looked way out of our budget. And it was, it was like double what our hotel budget was at the time. And I had a story. I said, well... Yeah, it's kind of crazy, but we're, we were just really hoping to, to get a day off and spend a little time on the coast because we're, we're driving this crazy cat all over the country. Have you seen this thing, by the way? So I had her get up. I'm like, you got to see this. I had her get up, walk out, and take a look at it. She loved cats. So she gave us the rate. She gave us like half off. We had a room with an ocean view for a hundred bucks or something insanely cheap for, for that area right on the coast. So that's, Obviously, an extreme example, you're not always going to be traveling around in a cat, but it could be a simple thing like being at the front desk and just talking about your trip or your adventure or kind of being relatable and being a human being and maybe asking for something instead of being a faceless person, letting them get to know you a little bit, get to know them a little bit while they're checking you in, check out their name tag, see where they're from. If it's someplace you'd been, you can chat about it, whatever. You could just have a conversation and then you can slide in and ask like, hey, would it be possible to get the hookup on a free breakfast tomorrow? Or do you have uh, any upgrades in rooms or, or do you have a little better rate or something like that? So I think, I do think it's good to have a, a little bit of a story. You don't have to force it down their throats, but be open to getting to know each other. So you can kind of have a, a nice point to start negotiating. Do you think it's worth it to buy the Meow Mix Mobile <laughs> for all the money that you would save on accommodations? Let's do a little price analysis here. So the Meow Mix Mobile costs X amount of dollars. You save all this money. Maybe it's worth it, dude. Maybe you can always drive around in a cat. If I had it for sale, I might offer it to you, actually. <laughs> dude, one of these days, I will be driving around in the Meow Mix. I will make sure I will stop at every single place I see and just say, I'm in the Meow Mix. Can I have free gas? <laughs> I'm in the Meow Mix. Can I have free apple pie? Lemonade stands? I'm stopping asking little kids, hey, check out the Meow Mix. Give me free lemonade. I don't you care can't... that that's for the Girl Scouts. 
you can't believe the stories we would get. I don't know if you have any tips on just having a story or something that nothing that you. beats the meow mix, man. <laughs> but I, I do agree. I mean, not only is it going to make your situation better, I mean, uh, you know, it's just fun to have those conversations. And I have found multiple times that telling people, you know, where are you from? I'm from Philadelphia. Well, what are you doing in Bratislava? Well, you know, I'm here traveling. You know, it, 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 we didn't actually get a good uh, deal on that one, but it's just. You know, whatever it is, sometimes you get a deal. Sometimes they give you a local spot to eat. It's just a fun. I mean, isn't it kind of what travel is all about? But of course, if you can get a better deal, then yeah. That's awesome I mean, as well. I guess the point is, don't be another faceless check-in if you can avoid sure. it. You know, be somebody that that's memorable. Now we're moving on because we kind of covered sort of these general strategies and now we're getting into a little more specific stuff, I would say. Yeah, more like we're going to talk and- about websites, like like places, things that you can actually do, right? Sure, sure. And this Resources, is sort I guess. Of, yeah, other accommodation options. And at number six, we're looking at house sitting, which is something that you just did recently. You were baller, man. I house think you sitting were, you has looked like my a very, heart. You looked like a very happy man in uh, in that post you wrote, and just I actually went to see you and stay at the house with you and Heather, and it was a it was quite a show. So tell tell us a little bit about the house sitting experience. Well, I will just say that house sitting it it does it has my heart. It's just. I've talked about it a lot recently on the site and on the podcast. So if you've listened to those, you know all about house sitting. And that's because I genuinely think this is one of the best two or three ways in the world out of all these options we're talking about to travel because, well, I mean, we start with the cheap part. It is free. So, I mean, you sign up for Trusted House Sitters website, which I use. You can get a discount code for that. We'll link that in the show notes. But if you are interested in house sitting, make sure you get the three free months that Andy and his team at Trusted House Sitters are giving us as EPOP listeners and readers. That'll be linked up in the show notes so you can figure out that. But you pay for the to get on the website and it's really cheap. I think it's $89 a year. So equivalent to what? One night in a middle range hotel at best. And there's all these options across the world for people who need their house sat or their cat sat. You know, you, you live in the house and you look at their cat or their dog. We did one, as we mentioned before, in Breckenridge. It was three and a half weeks, a five bedroom place in Breckenridge, Colorado, overlooking the town, hot tub, BMW, two awesome dogs. We were responsible for taking care of their dogs. Love you, Rufus and Gracie. Miss you so much. <laughs> um, we, were, we were responsible for taking care of their dogs, and we got to stay there for free. And the lady whose house it was was blown away by us. She really liked us because we took really good care of her dogs. And so it just makes sense. I just love shared economy stuff. And this is such a great option because if you need someone to look after your pets, you don't have to put them in kennels. You can keep them at your house. And for people who are traveling, phenomenal properties. We've talked about them, Jace, but uh, you know, five-bedroom place in Breckenridge was, in essence, a mansion. I have friends who have house sat in castles in Ireland, like legitimate castles, five villa resorts in Greece, just some amazing things. And then there's regular, quote-unquote, house sits as well. But I just I can't think of a cooler thing because you're getting an authentic experience. You're helping someone else out. They're helping you, and it's free. Yeah, you are smitten, spitten like a kitten on house sitting, Travis. I I am now. If I could ever house sit and uh, the place had a meow mix mobile that I could drive around, I'd take that over a BMW for sure, man. 
<laughs> yeah, Gracie needed a lot of pets too. Uh, you, you have to admit there are there are a couple cons of house today. I mean, obviously we're we're focusing on all the positives. So I could imagine if there were some difficult pets or a lot of yard work involved or something, it, it could be challenging. And you are a little bit tied to that location, so it's hard to go out and explore too much that because is your true. responsibility is to take care of the house, take care of the pets. And you have to take that responsibility seriously as much as you would want anybody else to do for you if they were coming into your house and taking care of your stuff. So those are just things worth mentioning. But overall, I do think it's a tremendous strategy for traveling. Also, you're rent free, which is pretty much my number one strategy for saving money or traveling on a budget. If you can live rent free, you're, you're golden because you're just banking all that money you can use for traveling. And it's, uh, there are just so many pros to, to house sitting. Yeah, hi, highly recommend it. It's it's fantastic. Three and a half weeks in Breckenridge at just a condo, even in September, would have probably run us a couple grand at at least. So it's yeah, a really cool experience. I am smitten with house sitting. I can't wait to do more of it. I know a lot of the listeners have started doing it. I one of our super listeners, Tiffany, house sitting in Cambodia. House mm. uh, is house sitting in Cyprus, I believe. Uh, just. Yeah, there's so many options out there. So go check it out, trustedhousesitters.com. Again, you can use the link in the show notes to get the three free months. Jace, I think we actually, I think we should split this into two episodes, right? I mean, we, we've got 21 on our list. We're at number six. We're going into number seven. Mm-hmm. Let's split this up into mm-hmm. two episodes, make it more manageable. So we'll stop at 10 guys and then we'll put the other half of it out then again. Wasn't planned, but hey, as you said, we like to talk. So yeah, um, we also like to dive a little bit deep into these, give you a little bit of a backstory, and just as we talk, it seems like more and more strategies can come out and ideas, and we just want to provide as much value as possible. So I think it's a great idea. Let's yeah, let's be part one. I'm, yeah, this I'm excited. is part we one. Part so two. still, we'll still keep the uh, thing at at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash twenty one ways, and then we'll give you another link for the second one. So number seven is apartment rentals and. I'm smitten with house sitting. There you go. I like Man, that. Dude, I'm, we should make a rap song out of this. Yeah, why not? I am also smitten with apartment rentals. There are a lot of resources out there now. Uh, everyone knows about Airbnb. That's kind of the big one, especially for Americans. Go with O. I have used with awesome success. I love them. They're in Europe only right now. You know, there's HomeAway, there's VRBO, there's a lot of resources out there. Let's just talk about apartment rentals in general. I've done it all over the world now. I have friends who have done it in places that I haven't done it. I mean, we've got, I, I would say I know someone who's done it in at least 40 different countries. And then, and, and it's just a really cool way. I think it's more authentic. I think it is usually a better price than hotels. I think it's cool and convenient because it allows you to have, you know, sometimes a washer and dryer, you have a kitchen, a refrigerator. Obviously, every apartment's going to be different, but you kind of have these modern conveniences of home that you might not have in a hotel. And I think as well, a lot of times when you're renting an apartment, you get to talk to the person who's renting it to you. So again, you kind of have local insider knowledge that you wouldn't have if you were to go to the front desk of a hotel. So I love apartment rentals. If you're smitten on house sitting, I am crushing hard on apartment rentals and Airbnb and have been for years. And it used to be a little more 
I guess it, it goes both ways. You have the organized sites like Airbnb where they do a, just a tremendous job of bringing it all together. I'm a huge fan of this sharing economy, just like you. You can even organically find apartment rentals. For example, if you're traveling in Europe, you get off the train station, you'll see a lot of touts and people at, at the train stations trying to direct you to different places. You can actually just jump into some towns and find apartment rentals. So I've done it that way too. But Airbnb is obviously a very great and organized way to go after finding these places. And we actually did an Airbnb on our honeymoon. And it was just a fabulous experience. Like you said, you're staying with locals, you get local recommendations, having the kitchen helps you save money. Speaking of honeymoons, we have a little honeymoon trick we're going to share in the next episode. I'm not going to spoil that right now, but got to tease it a little bit. Well, real quick with apartments... I love to, they're they're really great if it's just, they're not so great if you're a single traveler all the time. Although you can get like shared rooms on Airbnb and stuff like that. Where I really see incredible value comes with groups of people and families because, you know, usually a hotel room, you're going to get a standard hotel room for two people. Well, you know, a second hotel room isn't usually cheaper or anything cheaper unless you can negotiate down. But, you know, to go from a one bedroom to a two bedroom apartment, the cost is usually pretty minimal. So if you have two couples or three couples or, you know, a family, apartment rentals can save you a boatload over getting multiple hotel rooms. So that, you know, for me and Heather, it saved us money and given us great experiences. But if you're like, if me and Heather and, and Jason, his wife were going somewhere, you know, apartment rentals would be the first place I looked if there was no house sitting, obviously. It's just, it doesn't, escalate at the same rate. It's it's much cheaper as you go bigger. That's true. And even on the flip side, if you're a single traveler, I've done this in Sweden. I wanted to have a room to myself. I wasn't going to stay in a hostel because it was going to be too chaotic. I needed to do some work as well. So I was a little priced out being on my own at hotels, for example. But I stayed at an Airbnb at a guy's house that was totally set up in a way that he had a separate room. So almost like my own apartment. It was still his apartment. The kitchen was shared. But when you walked into the apartment, there was a separate room. I could walk in, almost just had my own sort of private area. So don't necessarily be put off by staying with somebody as well because these apartments are configured in a lot of different ways. Nowadays, people see, oh, I can use Airbnb to supplement my income and maybe pay for my mortgage. So they'll set up their place I guess having more amenities and having it more like a hotel-like experience in a way and very accommodating and you'll get way more hospitality in a way than you do at a hotel. At a hotel, they're a business. They're just cranking. You show up at somebody's house, somebody who has highly rated on Airbnb and has had a lot of good reviews, they give you a really great experience. You know, it's very personalized. It's very local. I just, I'm crushing hard on, on the apartment rentals, no crushing doubt. Crushing hard. Talking about hospitality, that, that moves us into our number eight, which is built all on hospitality. So why don't you take that one? Yeah, we're talking about sort of hospitality exchange, like couch surfing. And there's even a site that caters to people that are on long distance bike trips called Warm Showers. Is it .org? I believe it's warmshowers.org. Yes. Yep. So we got couch surfing and uh, a variety of hospitality exchanges. You did a little couch surfing yourself, didn't you? You were catching some uh, some waves at one point, yeah, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Couch surfing is a really cool idea. It, it the the idea of it is that you're staying in someone's home, but instead of paying them, you're you're doing it for free. You know, whether that is staying on their actual couch, whether that is a separate room they have out. You know, there's all. It, again, it runs the gamut, same as anything, but it was built on the idea that you would come through an area, you would ask if you could stay with someone, and it is free. They cannot charge you. If, if you're on couch serving, you cannot charge someone for staying there. 
I have couchsurfed before in different countries. One of them was in the UK. I've also hosted couchsurfers before. It is a really neat way to travel. It's predominantly younger people, but not always. And, and people actually surfing the couches, but not always. And then the hosts run from younger people, you know, even I've seen people put college dorm room type stuff on there, all the way to, you know, older elderly people who want people to come through and just, you know, share their experience. So couch surfing, I fantastic idea, really cool. You know, there's a lot of safeguards to it. We actually did an interview with Martina Steinman, who is the one of the heads of Couchsurfing and the social media manager and stuff like that there. She talks all about Couchsurfing. So if you're interested, check out that episode. We'll link that up. But it's just awesome. You have people come, you know, there's there's no expectations. I will say if you are going to be someone who's couch surfing, you know, bring a gift with you or, or, or take them out to dinner. You know, you don't want to just be a freeloader, as Jason mentioned, he's doing in Norway. But kind of, <laughs> you're kind of doing the same thing, couch surfing. You're in the house by yourself, but you're looking to give them something for the time. It, it's just cool. And warm showers is a great way for, I've never used it, but a friend of mine, when she was on her cross-country bike trip, used warm showers. That's just for people biking predominantly great again shared economy but but a free shared economy love the shared economy my friend love it and number nine and and that's couch surfing rules check it out that's you know that's all we have to say about that number <laughs> nine <the> is <laughs> is woofing and woofing is an acronym that stands for worldwide opportunities on organic farms right okay Basically, you're exchanging work for accommodations, essentially. And it's, a, it's an organization where you can go through the international website, and then you actually have to break off and find what country you're going to. So even though the Wolfing website is, let's see, it's wolf.net is one of them, and then there's wolfinternational.org. So those are the top two. It's www. OOFinternational.org or www.oof.net. And those sites exist to help organize volunteers and match them up with organic farms. So I've talked to people that have done this before. I haven't personally done it, but I've talked to enough people that have. It seems like the experience can be incredible, but can also be all over the map. So you kind of have to do your own due diligence to find out, A, is this farm... First of all, are they just like sort of taking advantages of volunteers? Are they working you to the bone? You know, what are you going to be doing? I think on some level, you don't want to go and do this just to get a free place to stay. You should be a little bit interested in farming or organic farming or getting your hands dirty and, and participating in that activity. Because if it's not something you're interested in doing, you're still going to be working quite quite a few hours a day. So it's, it is a, a more of a total experience in itself, I would say, than it is, hey, we're going to get a free place to stay and we're going to dig up some tomatoes for an hour and then we're going to go explore the town. That's not exactly what it is. Yeah, I, I, it would be a hard way just to get a free place to stay. I've had friends who have done it as well. Heather and I have not. But the, the experiences have run the gamut there of, of awesome and fantastic. And I would pay to do this because it's so much fun and the people are so nice to, yeah, it was pretty hard work and the accommodations weren't that great. So yeah, due diligence, but a really interesting, unique way to do things. It is definitely gaining popularity. I guess if I had the Meow Mix Mobile, I wouldn't go to a woofing farm though. Uh, I would say, yeah, there's a lot of some 
what bad, obscure bad pet references here i guess yeah bad bad puns too <laughs> you're taking over man that's my spot as yeah the you're usually you know, the bad pun i'm usually king. full of the bad puns i like that you're jumping on here with the bad puns let's move into number 10 you're doing a great job doing it i guess we should move into number 10 because like we said i mean this was going to be one entire episode we just got too much to say on this stuff so i'm i was almost thinking maybe we should slide number 10 into the next one but we're just gonna we're gonna get into it right here and that is camping sounds maybe obvious i don't know but if you're listening and you haven't done a lot of camping or maybe even you have i mean there's so many layers to camping from just spending a night to living and camping in a way for a period of time there's glamping which is something i kind of like to do which is uh, I know I'm not a huge fan of the word, but it's kind of glamorous camping where you're essentially car camping and you have all the amenities of home, you know, whatever you, you can fit into your trunk, basically. So you could bring like an air mattress and, you know, a full on kitchen and a barbecue grill and have all of your fancy foods and all of your spices. And, you know, you can really just be living it up out there. So camping is something I'm a huge fan of. Trav, I actually spent a week living and camping in Crested Butte, Colorado this summer because I didn't have anywhere to stay. I was renting out my apartment and I stayed in the hostel a little bit when I got there, which I would recommend. But you know what? There were free campsites right up the road, about 15 minutes up into the mountains. Wake up, have a beautiful view, make a little instant coffee, check out the mountains, maybe sit in the hammock a little bit, do a little writing and then cruise down to town, grab an internet connection, do some work. I could shower at the hostel for six bucks and then I'd cruise back up and, you know, spend the evening in the campsite. It was a Life wonderful experience. Good. Yeah. It was a wonderful experience. That's cool because, too, it, it it forced you to be disconnected some. So, you know, if you can get a setup like that, like you mentioned, that sounds perfect. I mean, you're camping. You keep your campsite up. You know, you wake up, you enjoy the morning. You're not bombarded with texts and emails and all this stuff. And then you go down and, and you do, you know, whatever you need to do online yeah, that sounds good. And, and you had a place to shower, which is really cool. So yeah, camping, you have a really good resource for finding free campsites, right? Yeah, freecampsites.net. It's that easy. You can jump on there and find free campsites. Not all campsites are paid, although the ones that are usually aren't incredibly expensive, but they can be a little pricier. You know, you get some that are could be 20 or, or $30 if you have a motorhome or something like that. Then you're like, well, maybe I can go down the road and stay at the Motel 6 or whatever. But now freecampsites.net is a great resource just for finding free places to stay and camp. Yeah. And we didn't plan on doing this, but we're already at 37 minutes. So what we're going to do is those are 10 ways. We've got 11 more. So we're going to go into part B. We will release that actually then tomorrow, at, right after this one. We don't want to give you too much too quickly. So a few teasers with Part B. We're going to talk about two other unique accommodation options. And then we're going to start touching on hotels because we haven't touched on hotels yet. And we're going to give tips and tricks for saving money specifically on hotels. So if you listen to these and you're like, all oh, that stuff sounds good, but I generally stay at hotels, that's what we're going to hit in Part 2. So and we'll link up everything in the show notes, extrapackofpeanuts.com slash 21 ways. It's 21-W-A-Y-S. And then we'll come up with a really fancy little name for part two, I guess. Who knows what we'll call it. But there you have it, Jace, right? It was fun, man. I could talk about this stuff all day. I love it. Love saving money on accommodations. Love helping people do that. And hopefully these 
these tricks and tips and strategies help. And we will continue on in the next episode with even more actionable stuff, fun stuff, and a couple probably quirky stories as usual. Of course. Thanks for tuning in. Until tomorrow, happy free travels. Oh, 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 oh